Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fajitas Tonight with me Morgana and me Elle. We are back in business. It's been a while. We couldn't work out how to do this remotely. Alas, if this goes well um, and if the sound quality isn't horrendous, then we will probably be doing it again. But uh, no we, promises can be made. Indeed. This is the first Fajitas Tonight where me and Elle are not sat together, snuggled up in one of our respective uni rooms. Um, but I am stranded south of the river and Elle is north of the river and our first summer in London has been snatched away from us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we're obviously referring to the coronavirus crisis and our time in quarantine. Um, but for this episode, we felt like not to... Um... Not to divulge away from, obviously, this international pandemic that is um, affecting lots and lots of lives over the world we don't we don't want to ignore that obviously we can acknowledge that it is going on um and if you want some stats and statistics and info on you know the health crisis or job loss or anything serious then this is not the episode for you um this is a little bit of light relief um where we talk about how our lives have been minorly impacted by this pandemic i.e our social lives uh so yeah we obviously have a huge amount of respect for the heroes etc working um but this is just us chatting shit as always Indeed. and we'll be focusing on morgana introduce we are talking about dating in lockdown that is our topic for today me and i can only talk about our own experience and as she says we are quite lucky to um both be in quite secure situations while this is happening even though we're apart cry um <laughs> but so we're just talking about something that is, is quite an interesting phenomenon. I, I think we raised some interesting questions in this episode. You know, like, will dating be changed forever? That's deep. Not all just like ourselves. I think we're going into some real issues about the fabric of society changing. But also how a lot of people are spending a lot of time on Hinge, us included. And just the way life is changing. And obviously we've got a consuming segment because that's basically all we've been doing the whole time. Indeed. I feel like, yeah, a lot of people have been consuming a lot of things and we've got quite a lot to catch up on because we've been terrible at uploading episodes. So we hope you enjoy, hope the sound quality is okay and just feedback what you'd like to hear. Let's dive right in. Alrighty then, our topic is dating in quarantine. I feel like we have never really talked about dating on this podcast, have we, Morgs, even before lockdown? No, we haven't. Um, I suppose you were in a serious relationship and I'm perpetually single, so um, <laughs> I guess that's why. <laughs> but it's, it's changed now. I'm, um, I'm living my single life, which I thought was going to be my best London 2020 life. Turns out um, the global pandemic had other ideas. A bit gutting, oh. but you know. Our first summer in London has been snatched from us. There we my were, first, so excited, primed, ready. My, my first single single summer since 2014. Um, ruined. So thanks for that one, Corona. But, you know, you've got to pick your battles and I'll just accept it for now. However, I did notice at the beginning, Hinge was absolutely popping off. I'd say end of March was the time. It has been. I was actually reading some statistics on this in preparation for the podcast. And I think Hinge and Bumble, they were all reporting between 20 to 30% increase in activity. But it's really interesting how the activity has changed. And both and a lot of the dating apps have also introduced these features. It's in like, yeah, mm. if you're chatting to someone, then you can date from home and do like a virtual chat. 
or yeah. I think Tinder have introduced the passport, which used to be behind a paywall, but now it means that you can chat with someone who's not necessarily within your radar. And oh, I didn't know that was a feature. Yeah, no, because they they realised that some people might be isolating further away from each other. And yeah. also there was another feature. Oh no, they were just saying that the the conversations that are being reported are more like caring language because it's much more like, how are you? How are you doing? Yeah. Rather than, yo, dick pics. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that one. But yeah, no, I, I also saw some stats on that. And like, um, when I was on Hinge the other day, it popped up saying, oh, would you be interested in at home dating? Like, here's our Corona advice, etc." I don't know. How do you feel about it with virtual dating? Um, I think it, it, it'll do. It's a substitute. <laughs> I think, um, I don't think it can really match up to the same thing as seeing someone and realising whether you've got that attraction. Yeah. Um, and also... I don't know, I suppose you can probably hide parts of yourself. I know we shouldn't, but I know a lot of people would like discriminate against like size or height and stuff like that. And that's kind of mm. removed because if all you're seeing are your heads and shoulders. Um, and also I think it does just lead to a longer courtship. It's like, such a long process now. It's a bit, it's a bit too yeah. long. Bit, bit too long, yeah. <laughs> and like you just don't know when it's going to end as well. But apparently like longer courtships have been proven to lead to more stable relationships but I don't know it's hard to say I think I'm much more of a don't want to do too much messaging would rather just meet in the flesh kind of yeah I I feel like that's been reflected in my own and like you know the girls in the flat that I'm living and also our experience of the dating apps in this time so you know first two weeks it was really like loads of matches everyone was clearly on it everyone was thinking oh god this is a good time to you know set some stuff up for when we let out if that's soon and I think it's really calmed down in the last few weeks as people are realizing this is quite a, it's going to be a long process and I think a lot of people have moved out of London which is obviously where Hinge is primarily like set and based um, and they've gone back to their parents, especially in like our age bracket, etc. And I think um, because of that, now it's it's dying down a bit because everyone's just thinking, well, actually, how long is this going to go on? It could be months. I don't. Do I want to keep asking the same boring questions for months? Also, nobody's doing anything different. So there's nothing interesting to talk about <laughs> if you haven't already pre got a pre-established relationship with someone. Um, so I think it's yeah, it's dying down a bit. I think, yeah, if you've got a couple of hinge boyfriends, you, you would have had to have locked them in just before lockdown, to be honest. It requires um, a lot of maintenance. This is the thing. It does, but nobody's got any, nobody's doing anything else. So, so you've got all the time for it. Um, what are your thoughts on profiles that have, like on hinge, for example, like the responses are Corona related or do you think it's better to just ignore it? I thought they were funny at first. Now I've seen a million of the same ones and I don't care. I'm just like, oh, now how am I? My only topic of conversation at the moment can be about Corona. So you may as well give me something on your page that isn't about that, that we can kick off with. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's another thing about it, isn't it? It's like a big icebreaker. It's a big conversation starter. If you're someone who struggles to make a move and like start a conversation, you can just be like, hey, how are you finding lockdown? bam you're in i'm not replying to those people i can't be asked like yeah. how am i finally locked down same as everyone else shit i want to go out <laughs> <laughs> not everyone some people are thriving apparently weird well, strange people i mean there are some some good things that have come out of this i mean i'm not having to get up at 5 45 a.m for work anymore that's lit um i'm going on evening walks which i would never normally do so that's nice but apart from that, I just want to be on a rooftop bar with my girls and mojito in hand. 
your little terrace is basically a rooftop bar but I'm gutted that I'm like on the south side of the river and I just can't make it over there I know we are lucky to have that to be honest it's that's a blessing to be to be fair back to the dating though back to the yeah. dating because we don't yeah I wonder if there's going to be a baby boom I think I heard wow bad stats here but that there were there's been an increased number of people buying pregnancy tests ah yeah. interesting. well it's hard we like if you're a couple who has been on a few dates of seeing each other you've mm. got to make the decision about whether you are going to isolate together or whether you're just going to be apart the next few months like yeah. the relationship isn't going in its natural like it's not going to flow at its natural rate they're going to have to make a choice and I have friends who have chosen both sides that's quite interesting yeah hearing same both I feel like yeah it really does intensify any relationship you have um especially if you decide to you know like isolate together but then I think it also in a way if it's a new relationship you get you're skipping all the fun stuff because you're going to get to that comfortable in your trackies Chinese eating on a Saturday night you're going to get to that stage which is lovely when you get there when you're first in a relationship because you know for the first six months it's all like out all the time and um on like you know like proper dates in air quotes you know going for cocktails going for dinner it's very formal so then once the six months are over or whatever time period and then you get to the oh we just had a quiet night in and we're really you know falling in love etc that's a really <laughs> exciting time where because that's the only option now you've skipped all the quote-unquote like fun dating stuff and you've gone straight to comfortable so for me that sounds like my worst nightmare I want the fun stuff obviously yeah. that's why I came out of a long-term relationship <laughs> that's such a good point but I would also say that you are missing out on the bad stuff so in some ways like if you have moved in together quite early like it's not real world it's just like um why didn't you text me back it's just not a thing and why like like they're, they're, they're not cheating on you and they're not staying <laughs> late at work and there's just like what could you literally argue about if you were arguing when you're in that situation like it would just be really petty things like I don't know cleaning or like watching tv that you don't agree with it's not going to be actually how your life timing might not align I think so maybe the position I think the position that we're in and maybe the people that we're talking to in our, our little echo chamber where we're getting this info from is reflecting the fact that we're all insecure jobs and we don't have any mortgages there's nothing when the only stress that I've got at the moment to be honest is I want to go out that's literally it and I'm, <laughs> I'm concerned for my family members like who are older about getting ill but and I guess for me in a little bit like I might get Cronin because obviously as a key worker I'm out all the oh, time back in those shells oh, out drop it in drop it in um so they're my concerns whereas for, you know for a lot of people there'll be concerns about like job security health we've got no pre-existing health conditions so that those things are going to really intensify new relationships where they're involved and there'll be bigger stresses than maybe people would normally have so I think it depends on your own situation but yeah I mean how would you think you what would you do if you were newly seeing someone would you, would you make the move in no definitely not <laughs> <Your> face <laughs> I just no. I just think that would be far too intense. I'd I'd rather the cool off period and then assess my own feelings. I think. Yeah. What, we. What, what would I do? What a what an interesting question, Morgana. Hypothetically, yeah. if I was, <laughs> um, I would you move oh, in God. with them? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think okay. again, I would. It would chill out a bit, and then we'd pick up after. 
but I don't even think if I was still in that long-term relationship if I would have moved in I think for me I need my space yeah. and I need and I don't want to live with a partner that's you know another reason why um I'm no longer in a long-term relationship I wasn't ready for that step and I just need to be on my own I need my space Morgana the thing is I think we obviously agree on this um but I know Shock. people yeah <laughs> shocker but um (laughs) this podcast is a place of healthy debate and (laughs) we consider both sides of every argument but um i I do see the flip side and i do have like friends who are like um they have decided to take a more serious step with someone who they hadn't been seeing that long and it actually is really working for them Mm. so yeah it's just different everything is so situational and contextual yeah what do we think about the breakups the, the break quarantine up. breakups oh yes i've heard quite a few of those it's literally heard, yeah. there's socially distancing and then there's like breaking up it's being used as an excuse in some cases Do you know what i think it's quite i think it can be quite um revealing so if you are used to your routine with someone and you are used to seeing them all the time and whatever and then you have time apart and you actually realize do you know what like okay i don't need to see you all the time do i want to see you all the time maybe I don't maybe this is a good opportunity to actually keep that space so that we don't keep you know especially for couples that may have had breakups in the past and then bounce back together because of circumstance or familiarity there's not an opportunity to do that you you break up and then you literally can't see them so I think apart from maybe a couple of people texting their exes like but nothing can come of that you know Mm. like I think actually it's a good opportunity to take that time and that space to just like focus on yourself but then again might be quite hard to get the support that you need if you're upset about breakup the people that i've spoken to are the ones instigating and they are happy about the breakup different for the other side uh, yeah i know some people who've been on the receiving end um Mm. and i don't know i think in that way it kind of comes off as like um they've been wanting it for a while and this is just an excuse yeah um that well that's the way that i could I could definitely do it and in the situations that I know of that's how it's been but in some ways that's that's a good thing like if the relationship wasn't working I mean it is a bit of a coward's way out maybe if that's if if you are if you are using it as an excuse like I'd rather send the text because we're socially distancing even though I've been wanting this for ages rather than to kind of tell them in person I don't want to be in this relationship in that way morgues you have not being like you haven't had to break but breaking up with someone is horrible it yeah is horrible. yeah yeah I know I'm I mean like yeah that's, but that's you are right yeah obviously yeah the, the face-to-face thing is it's necessary like it's part of, I guess it's, yeah it's respectful to do it that way isn't it I don't know I wouldn't want to be breaking up with someone during quarantine to be honest I think that would be added stress and you'd just constantly be there's I think no I would, distraction yeah there's, there's nothing problem. you can't go yeah. and dance it out in the club you can't um <laughs> rave your feelings away i don't know you would just be kind of sat there stewing in your own yeah that's true Three. that is true and then especially if you're i don't know if you live alone who are you going to lean on for your support damn exactly exactly but i've um, seen did you see about china and their divorce rates <laughs> like no. inc- they've increased since they've come out of lockdown there's going to be so much of that but apparently that happens every christmas with families yeah. being together You're spending so, time together <laughs> exactly i don't actually spending time with your partner imagine but um yeah so i think there is definitely going to be a lot of that after this what do you, do you think 
your approach to dating is post lockdown what's it going to be post lockdown blimey let's look let's, let's get excited about news, shall we <laughs> oh my god literally the memes are giving me life the one that was like clapping for carers clapping for kids let's clap for the single 20 year olds who are locked up and i was like yes <laughs> the comedian london hughes has been doing the lord's holy work and just been saying like oh i know i know this is bad for a lot of people but also just think of the single women <laughs> i had options this year i had options we're gonna have to go and watch her show as soon as she yeah we will have to go, and see her. go catch a dick <laughs> honestly um, the the need is real yeah no it is funny i saw some quite good memes which were um i personally related to which were um <laughs> it's not that he's not interested in you you are just being socially responsible and saving lives by being single and i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> you can use that one on your hinge you were in control and power and saving the world um, can I also just mention um, Love is Blind and how it eerily yes. predicted. It was like a weird dystopian mirror of like, the situation yeah. that we're currently in. Obviously, no one's hopefully leading up to a marriage. But isn't that weird that that was a phenomenon just before this happened? It is weird. Yeah, so I saw something where it said oh, it was like mentally preparing us for this weird time where we'd have to like, and the pods are our rooms and we've got to virtually date. And But then I guess we've got we've got the visual side of it. Like if I'm doing a virtual date i can still see y'all yeah but i've got the touch up my appearance box ticked l so do you and really be looking good boo. Looking you be old. looking good I, sun. I, I look vile this sun cream is making oh. my skin break out skin looks beautiful god you can tell we've been apart because we're actually each other. <laughs> we'll i'm just gonna tell the potty listeners um when we were on the phone the other day more because like when I see you next, I'm just going to sit on your lap all evening and hug you. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody being happen. cute. I know. I'm very excited. When will that be? I literally, I haven't seen you in a month. And I was thinking the other day, that's probably the longest we haven't seen each other since we were both doing year abroad. Wow. It's, wow. it's been a month. I'm not going to yeah, see you on my cool. birthday. Yeah, I know. We're going to have a virtual party day. My birthday's going to be shit. What? <laughs> the weather would be looking bad yeah but you know my birthday wasn't amazing either boris made his address that we always go into lockdown <laughs> memorable it's a memorable birthday. it was memorable it was a moment in history yeah and then i had to drive you back across london I know. the next day <laughs> you know i actually get her back before lockdown but i've turned 23 because it was such a non-birthday but anyway it was memorable it was fun memorable um but yeah, just before we kind of wrap up the dating discussion, I just thought I'd throw a little something in. Thoughts mm. on the nudes that are obviously going oh. wild. I don't know if you've seen any stats about this, but they must be flying here, there and everywhere. I've heard some stats about revenge porn being on the rise. I was going to mention that. Did you tell me? I don't. It was in BBC me this, News. Who told morning. me this? It was BBC News headline today. I was going to mention it. Oh. Um, because okay. yeah, apparently the revenge porn helpline said the traffic has doubled in in the first week of lockdown which is i just mm, that is really sad i'm just i'm wondering like obviously for our age group i don't know i don't know from our own experience etc but i'm just thinking a lot of revenge porn always seems to be um younger people when i read about it you know like 15 16 in that weird school age where you're snapchatting stuff and i wonder if that's on the rise as well which would be not not that any other 
type of revenge porn is less sad but really horrendous if you're young in this age and revenge porn is on the spike because you're not seeing people at school and then people are yeah I don't know ah it's stressful isn't it I think it taps into the whole gonna text my ex trend as well because I might not be correct in this but I believe that revenge porn is often like perpetrated by um like exes or people that you're close to rather than total strangers yeah yeah for sure um, well you're more likely to send them to people that you actually know well yeah exactly (laughs) and they're more likely to use it against you so in that way if you are like you're really um lonely and you're reaching out to these people who might you know might not treat you as well as you deserve to be treated then yeah it has a nasty flip side i know that's scary but the nudes i think they'd probably be flying around i know someone who matched with someone on hinge and transferred to whatsapp did the old transfer and then they sent an unwanted dick pic <laughs> and the person was like Wah! literally just started talking to this guy so you don't want that do you no the no, only thing that's going to make corona worse is a dick pic from a random <laughs> <laughs> i know i know it's a bit of um yeah unwanted entertainment there Mm, exactly exactly but yeah with dating I don't know I'm I feel like a weird time it's such a weird time I don't know what my attitude is going to be towards dating when we get out there's a part of me that's just like well obviously I don't want a long term I don't want to be in a relationship or anything but I think I'm just gonna like my freak fag foul when we're out when we're <laughs> let out let me out I just think like it's human uh nature to crave touch there's been loads of stuff like obviously about the loneliness epidemic and but then recently lots of people have been coming forward and talk about physical touch mm. and how it's actually so important and, and corona, especially like post corona even when we're let out we're still going to be discouraged from you know like shaking hands all these like, even in business you know some i've heard someone say that we probably shouldn't shake hands ever again which to be honest with me is fine I've always got sweaty hands it stresses me out interviews but like we're going to be discouraged from hugging relatives hugging friends I'm a hugger I'm a hugger not enough (laughs) but I know what you mean though it's weird like I honestly I'm watching films and reading books at the moment and then when people get too close to each other I'm like get away get away you're going to transfer it or if they're like hanging around an old person and they're being a bit like reckless and sweaty I'm like no stop so I actually it's amazing how quickly the human brain adapts and I'm literally like applying mm. this social distance thing to my life I know but, but we we're gonna hug for hours boo when we yeah, see I'm each other lie on your lap for a long time don't worry boo oh, just want to just want a little cuddle I'm such no. a tactile person the true relationship um, we... out that's come out of quarantine <laughs> honestly <laughs> why are we talking about honestly. a romantic relationship now I was listening to I was listening to a podcast, um, an adulting one about monogamy and in it they were saying like, oh, um, you know, your female relationships can be the most monogamous relationship you have because it will continue throughout your whole life. And I was like, I love my friends so much. I just want to, I don't care. Obviously I would love the pubs and the clubs to be open, but at the moment my dream is to just then be like, right, you can see five mates. And I've got my list. I've got my list. Oh, maybe don't say it on the pod. Don't make me reveal. (laughs) (laughs) Just but yeah, I just want to see my pals. I know. I and maybe know. go on a hinge date. <laughs> a real one, a virtual one. One of the ones that's been rounded up in preparation. Yeah, one of my yeah. hinge boyfriends. I know. We'll be free soon, my love. I know, hopefully. Right. Are we, are we done on dating? I could go on for hours, but it would just be a lot of repetition, to be honest. Yeah. Only. I think that wraps that one up. These are just our thoughts in our very um, 
similar echo chamber of two very privileged things who very privileged and were robbed COVID experience but it's interesting to reflect how this is going to change relationships moving forward who knows could virtual dates yeah. become a normal thing even when we're out of this? Don't know. Oh, weird. I don't know. <gasps> yeah, I don't know. I haven't actually done a proper virtual. I've like spoken on the phone, and then once I've spoken, we've done face to face. But if it was the first time hearing their voice and seeing their face, I think I'd be like, "Whoa, this is odd. <laughs> too much, too much." I mean, yeah. that and also I'd be sitting there like trying to angle myself, like. <laughs> <laughs> only on my left look at my on my left <laughs> yeah only like this with my virtual background like in a bar oh yeah 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 definitely gonna use one the virtual background but yeah i think i think that's dust under oh us done and dusted on the dating um for anyone who's listening all five of you let us know your thoughts as always on this i would be intrigued to hear other people's experiences of dating or breakups or anything during corona love in the time of corona Love sick. Dating during the pandemic. Indeed. Ooh, do we have a title? <laughs> maybe maybe we do. Amazing. On to the next segment. Okay, and on to the next segment, the best of all. Elle, what have you been consuming lately? What are we fancy? Books, poddies, TV and film? Go with a bit of teller, bit of teller. Little, little bit of teller. What have I been watching on the old Netflix? Uh, that was an awful accent. I binged so hard, unorthodox. I'm sorry, but you know the history student and me love a little bit of history about the Jewish community. Anyway, obviously, don't know if anyone knows. You all know. I did a year abroad in Berlin. Saw it was set in <laughs> Berlin. And I was like, get me here. I thought it was great. I loved it. Um, I loved also how there was quite like so Yiddish was the language in quite a lot of it obviously focused in the um, Orthodox Jewish community in Willemsburg in New York so that meant that you had to actually fully concentrate and you couldn't be on your phone which I'm guilty of doing quite a lot and then missing the whole of what's going on and not really getting it like I was fully engrossed in it and it was what four one hour episodes which I thought was like a really good amount for a short series yeah I just loved it I thought it was so interesting and I live in an area of North London which has quite a high population of um, orthodox Jewish people so I found it really interesting I loved it I thought it was great um I thought that acting was amazing as well. And it was just, I honestly was watching it like, I've been there in Berlin. I've been there in Berlin. <laughs> it would have been so annoying if I was watching it with anyone, but obviously lockdown meant I watched it on my own. Um, have you, you've seen it, right? You started? I only saw, I only saw the first half of the first episode and I think I got interrupted and I haven't gone back to it. Um, mm. But I think I really should because it's just been recommended to me by so many people. And I did like it. I just think, I think, as you say, I wasn't giving it my full attention. I was interrupted, but I will return. Yeah. I will return because it does sound really good. Yeah, I thought it was really insightful. Obviously, it's only one view of that community and it's not like, you know, fully representative, but I thought it was really interesting. Um, and yeah, I, I did believe in their love in a weird way, in um, Yankee and her love, but I think it ended in the best way it could for her. And I'm like, I don't know if they'll do a second series. I think not. I feel like it's meant to be well, It's based on a memoir, isn't it? Yeah, I'm. Oh, I wonder. I should try and read the memoir. Yeah, that would be really good to see. You know, like what what happened after when she stayed in Berlin and was reunited with her mother, etc. Oh my God, I've just actually given a spoiler away. If no one's watched it, sorry. 
Oh God. <laughs> you blanked out then. You didn't hear that, did I, you? No, I actually didn't hear that. That's okay, so, so don't don't re-listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, sorry. Um, so that was my other one. Uh, that was my first one. I've watched Too Hot to Handle. Oh god, here we go. Which is honestly the shittest thing I've ever seen. It was so badly produced. Not that I'm like a producing expert, but like you can tell they literally must have got all this random footage together. I looked it up. It was like over a year ago, and then they've quite clearly put it to the side and thought this is a load of crap quarantines come around they've thought right well we may as well use this because everyone's obsessed with dating shows like love is blind love Island, etc what can we pile together oh my god it was horrendous there was you just <laughs> didn't believe in any of the friendships any of the relate relationships i put in quote marks you've got no concept of time which i think was the biggest issue so obviously with love island you know it's going to be x amount of weeks you know it's day one of 30 or whatever and therefore, when it's day 16, you think, oh, well, they've been in there for 16 days. You can see why these friendships are forming. This show, I think we binged it in two days because there were quite short episodes and there weren't that many. So for me, I was like, I don't believe in their relationship because it's been two minutes. But it could have been three weeks. They just don't tell you anything. <laughs> um, and I guess the whole concept for anyone who hasn't heard about it or seen it is that you, they've put a load of horny young people on an island and they've said to them as soon as they get there you can't do any you can't kiss you can't touch you can't like have sex anything unless this like alexa thing called lana says that you can um and then if you break it a sum of money that's in this big pot at the beginning gets lost um but in the end the money's divided by everyone anyway so they get about seven grand what's the point you may as well have just shagged for that some of them literally abstained when they wanted to have sex because they worried about this pot of money and in the end they only walked out with 7k i don't know it was just crap it was just awful in every way and it just made me think god love island is an amazing production that needs to be respected <laughs> by all <laughs> yeah love is blind was good compared to it as well blimey that's a low bar oh, yeah, yeah, low bar. I mean, if you've got nothing else to do, maybe watch it just to laugh at it, but you probably don't watch it. Um, and then the final one I'm going to bopple in is Killing Eve. I've only watched one episode, but I feel like we could quickly discuss this. I, I've watched the first two and I've not been impressed, I've got to say. found it a bit boring. Yeah, I mean, I know certain fans, like Cara Avril, if she's listening, will be really mad that I've said this, but I even found the second series um, less engaging than the yeah. first series. I feel like it became very character-driven, which is great because they are great characters, but I ended up thinking, well, they're just chasing each other around, which is essentially what the first series was, and it looks like that. What that's what the third series is going to be. I've, I've lost my interest in the plot about a whole mi5 it's the 12 i think it, you're, yeah. you're never gonna know who the 12 are it's so confusing is carolina goody is she not we just we're just not gonna know and it yeah. is you get the point of it is that it's a cat and mouse game and that villanelle and eve are obsessed with each other but i think for me series three is just a bit too far because like they both kind of killed each other in quotation marks yeah um, at least once now and you can't just keep <laughs> resurrecting each other and then they're apart but they're inevitably going to come back together it just gets a little bit like boring and you don't Tedious. yeah and you can't fully understand the character's motivation so i will keep watching because you know passing the bechtel test and all that and i'm hoping that the series will improve but at the moment 
Okay, I am prioritizing. I'm going to prioritize normal people, which comes out today. We're about to go oh, and watch very it. Very And then maybe if I've got the time, I'll watch Killing Eve series three and continue it. But the end of the first episode again with, I'm going to spoiler, so don't listen oh, oh, for okay. the next ten seconds. Now, when Kenny dies, I just think right, they've done that so that there's a reason for the 12 to get involved again or for Carolyn to pick up the yeah, kids exactly. again. I just found it unnecessary. He was hey, a good character. Totally he was so a nice gutted. guy. If, yeah. I were him, if I were the actor reading that, I'd be like, what did I do wrong? What did I do yeah. wrong? Absolutely Screw nothing. Me Purely Carolyn's characterisation. Yeah, exactly. So I just found that a bit annoying and a bit of, not like a cheap shot, but a bit of like, oh, I really? thought so. She was a bit more engaged. Yeah. Anyway, enough Love about it. me. What have you been watching apart from Killing Eve? I have been watching, I think I mentioned the book in the last episode, but I read Little Fires Everywhere, mm-hmm. um, which is essentially like domestic drama about um, a, bit a family, and they have another family kind of rent to them, and there's a bit of a class divide, it's also about motherhood, there's a baby, and there's a bit of an adoption scandal, it's quite good, but the book is unintended, a slow burn. Um, but the TV show is one of the shows that has been picked up by Reese Witherspoon and her production company, and I am a huge fan of Reese Witherspoon because she picked up Big Little Lies, which is one of my absolute favourite books and favourite TV shows. I was going to say this when you just said the domestic novel and what it was about, and I said, oh, it sounds a bit Leanne Moriarty. Obviously, yeah. so Reese is, well, she's going to do yeah. it proud then. She'll make it good. She's amazing. And like, she's also picked up, obviously, like Gone Girl, she made it what it was, mm. and everything like that. I've, I'm really a big fan. But with Little Fires Everywhere, the TV show, I actually think it's better than the book because they've added in, um, they've made it so that the poorer family who are renting from the richer family are also black. Um, right. And it absolutely explains so much more of the plot to kind of like add in the racial dimension. It doesn't even feel like added in, it, it feels inevitable. Like, in fact, it could right. have been the case in the in the book that race was just not mentioned in the book um and they've made a few more changes um and it just really really works it's such a good show all about like privilege and Reese Witherspoon is just amazing she plays a kind of similar character to the, the one she does in Big Little Lies where she's like this mum who's a bit fussy but um it, it's really good I would recommend what's that on um okay <laughs> Hulu Oh HBO. So for you it's one, two, three movies, right? (laughs) (laughs) But very good. And I will purchase the box set when it comes to For your mum. For your mum for her birthday. Yeah. (laughs) Mum doesn't listen to this, but that is what's coming your way. Um I've also been watching, after many, many recommendations, Atypical on Netflix. Oh, I haven't Um, watched that. Yeah, so it's about um an autistic boy and his family, basically. Um and it's just like it's really light-hearted but also like kind of bringing autism to the fore which I guess it hasn't really been like for it to be so talked about so openly on a, such a big platform like Netflix I think is also really important to just kind of normalize it and like have discussions about it and so it's like it's like the light-heartedness that we kind of need right now but also I think it's a story with heart I don't really know how else to describe it heart but it's got heart um, <laughs> So yeah, I'm really enjoying that and would recommend. I've also started and binged in one session three episodes. Um, Unbelievable. I know I'm a bit late to the party. I haven't um, seen that. Yeah. Tell me. It, it's about um, a woman who, it's based on a true story. It's based on a um, article that won the Pulitzer Prize, I think maybe two years ago, um, about a woman who has been raped um, and no one believes her. 
right and then as it progresses there are rates that have um like similar features and so it seems like this could have been done by the same person and then it's like it kind of shows the contrast between when the male detectives interview her and she's not believed and when the female detectives come on and then they're like hold up this is sounding similar Legit, and then yeah. I'm, so I'm not that far in yet but it's so gripping it's like a dramatization and it like watches like a film but it's also again just like a really important issue and just so true for so many women and of course based on a true story so it is like a true crime documentary but um dramatized and really really good oh, and it's um I'll definitely watch that yeah the actress is the one from Booksmart not being I saw fan, that I saw but, um, that oh I forget her name but she's amazing she's so good yeah so okay good record I will definitely add that to my list um, my list podcast um well I won't lie to you Gwen I took a little break from podcasts for a bit because I was really in like I'd say for the whole of 2020 so far I've been in a real news bingey podcasty mood so I was really loving like uh, Beyond Today, The Guardian, um, The Daily etc and then when lockdown happened I just thought I can't hear any more about coronavirus I'm watching the news update all these podcasts talking about it every day I just need a break so I took a break from podcasts but I've slowly got back into it with um some non-news ones so I've just put the others on hold I think I'll I'll be back to them when there's something else to talk about but at the moment they're on hold so I have been enjoying full disclosure with James O'Brien I listened to the Bill Nighy episode I love him. I just love him. He's just so charismatic. Um, And his, you know, he's, I think he's from one of those times or those like the years where becoming a star wasn't an aim. It just kind of, you like fell into it. So him telling his story about how he became famous and all of the mishaps he had as a teenager and as a young guy, etc., was just so interesting um and I just love listening to his voice to be honest I want him to be like my granddad or something I think he's honestly the marker of a good film as well you know if Bill Nye is in the film it's probably a good film but did you know that Love Actually was his first big break I thought I he was he came into that. it quite old but I, yeah I didn't realize that yeah. was his first break exactly so but now obviously about time is a classic him oh. and Emma is great so love him that was really good so that was uh full disclosure James O'Brien that I've got a lot more on my list that I want to listen to from that although interestingly I did notice lacking in the number of women there's not an equal there's not an equal number of episodes yeah. of women there's a lot with a lot of men I counted about five or six women out of maybe 30 interesting. interesting for James that I thought he but you know whatever he's trying <laughs> I guess um and then another one that I've been listening to is Modern Love so obviously there's the book that I've read which I loved which is excerpts from the news um the New York Times newspaper segment about you know love in different forms friendship um uh, familial and obviously um romantic and then there's the the program as well which I watched and loved and now and there's also the podcast where they read out letters um that are in the current cycle of New York Times, Modern Love. So I really like that. And they did one in particular, which just really lifted my mood on a down day during lockdown called Mini Love Stories. And it was literally like maybe a minute excerpts from loads of different people. Um, And it included, you know, really sad love stories about loss, but also about um, new love, familiar, all of them. It was just all in one. And I just found that really uplifting to listen to when I was on a, on a down day. So I'd recommend that. They, they've also just started a new segment called Love in the Time of Coronavirus, which I started listening to the other day, um, talking about, you know, different people's experiences of love 
during the time of coronavirus what does what it says <laughs> in the tin um which i thought was really nice as well so i'd recommend that and then finally another pick would be jamila jamil's new podcast i way which i know you've also recently listened to i have indeed which episodes have you listened to so far um the beanie feldstein oh, I love um reese witherspoon my absolute queen i didn't realize reese was on it demi lovato yeah oh. reese's episode is probably my favorite it's oh okay i'll listen to that tomorrow i listened to beanie and demi i found was beanie feldstein's episode jamila's first i think so yes i think you can not that i'm judging other podcasts because we are by no means <laughs> qualified to do that but no professional like us. no professional uh not you know obviously not qualified to judge but i found that a lot of it was in the similar way to george ezra's podcast relating herself to the topic more than i would have liked i would have liked to have heard a bit more from beanie and george ezra does that as well where he'll say to someone and obviously that's a way of kicking off isn't it it's relating to experience but he him and jamila both do that thing where they're like so I'm going to ask you about this because I found and they do a long strip about what they found. And because obviously it's their podcast, they're doing that every week. So as a listener, you already know that they've found that because they told you last week when they used that as a segue into a conversation with the previous celebrity. Um, I think in the Demi Lovato episode, she did that a bit less. So I think maybe that was just like getting into the groove. But um, I found that a bit frustrating. Apart from that very interesting talking about a lot about diet culture in both of the episodes especially with Demi I thought that was really interesting she's been open about that before what was your impression of both of those yeah I would I would agree with you um in terms of like her interviewing and how yeah she obviously brings a lot of herself to it which I think in yeah. one, one hand does make her interviewee feel comfortable but yeah there were definitely times and I felt this kind of in the Reese Witherspoon episode um mm. where she's like like Reese is kind of going to respond and Jamila's like talking about her own experience which obviously she can but um yeah no I would agree with you on that but it was actually quite nice because I feel like I think public uh public opinion of Jamila has kind of shifted um like since she start, first started talking about her diet um diet culture and everything like people mm. were like yes Jamila like voice of our generation this is what we really want to hear and then I think her Twitter feed just became like it's just quite constant and I think people were like she doesn't really have a filter she can't really speak for our issues blah 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 I think she just is learning in on a very public platform and she's not afraid to give something a try speak out about it and then apologize for it Um, yeah um, she kind of discusses that in the Demi episode where she says and I I actually think this is a really nice point where she says you know like I've made mistakes but I'm using that as an opportunity to learn and for anybody else I wouldn't cancel them if they're willing to apologize and try and rectify the issue etc and everybody's just learning together and I think that's a really nice way to view it I know we've talked about cancel culture before yeah but um I think that's the best way to view it. everyone's going to make mistakes she's doing it on a public platform she's willing to learn and that's all you can ask of someone really yeah definitely I think um and she admits this in the podcast as well she's just like I've just got Mm. no filter um which I think is good and it kind of explains her but I think this podcast is honestly her at her best when she like uses her platform to like give these other people these voices and put them in conversation and they obviously feel so comfortable with her I think all of the people on there have like been with her before and they're happy to talk candidly about these issues and like I do applaud her for like bringing them into and like the issues that people would have felt uncomfortable talking about just a few years ago so for sure when uh, i yeah when i'm criticizing it i really love the concepts and i really yeah agree i'm appreciative that it exists but it was just a comment on i guess the first 
first yeah. episode, I would have liked to have heard a bit more from Beanie herself. I know. She Agreed. was cutting her off a bit. I know. That's what I found with Reese. I was just like, let my queen speak. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, but that's, that's me, Poddy Done. What about you, my love? Um, I have been enjoying... Um, oh, this is just to sound like a broken record, but it's been quite a while since we recorded. Uh, the Elizabeth Day How to Fail episode of Deliciously Ella. Mm-hmm. I know you also listened. I loved it, um, yeah. I thought it was so good. Like, yeah. I follow her, um, but I didn't really know the full story in all of its ugliness, like all of the struggles she's kind of faced and like all of the bad press she's got. Like, I think even in my mind, I still kind of associated her with clean eating and she kind of just talks it through and she yeah. explains herself and explains her work ethic and how she's put a lot of pressure on herself and like the breastfeeding debate in the episode I really recommend everyone listen to it like it's just so interesting um yeah and she just seems really genuine down to earth and yeah I'm, I was fan it was a good good app Elizabeth knows how to bring the best out she's people. so good at interviewing isn't she she's so good so good um I have also been listening to some fluff to like Feel corona and the same as you are the news you don't really have to it justify it um i've been listening to fortunately with fee and jane oh yeah it's good like an old version of the high low but they do just talk about their very like i don't know middle class issues but they are just really funny that's literally what we're doing in this we're like oh I coronavirus how are they dating life <laughs> yeah i think it's i think of them as our future to be honest now um, yeah, <laughs> they're really funny and they just they just make me laugh it's just such little things they just go off on such tangent honestly sometimes you forget there's a guest there they just start talking <laughs> and ignore their guest because they just go off on one but I'm really enjoying it um, and as well my final podcast is This City with Clara Ampho which is a podcast all about London and Ooh. obviously having just moved here like I'm really enjoying it and she gets like people like Reggie Yates on and Jade Thurwall from Little Mix oh um, yeah and they talk about like their London experience like Reggie's grown up here and Jade feels like she kind of found herself here um and it's really nice obviously I listen to all the locations I'm like oh been there want to go there yeah um so it's really nice I've been really oh I love that um have you been reading anything lately Al? I have I'm, I'm trying to keep up with my I'm actually ahead of schedule Woo-woo! on my reading challenge set by Goodreads I wanted to do 36 books I think which oh, is nice. yeah, three books a month um and I um I had a schedule which is good um I would like to point out oh my god today well I started yesterday and I finished it today I could not this put it down this is so annoying how quickly you read but obviously amazing good for you <laughs> <laughs> um I yeah I've been reading Pretending by Holly Bourne which has had a lot of press recently obviously in the high low and um where else have I heard it mentioned? I think um, Amber Driscoll was talking about it on Instagram stories in a little book club that she runs. And I ordered it last week and oh my God, I could not put it down. I, I woke up this morning and I thought, right, Elle, if you start reading it, you will not go on a walk today. So I forced myself to go on a walk. And the whole time of the walk, I just wanted to get back and read it. It was oh, one wow. of those. It's wow. the book I have been looking for. I had a little bit of a rut post Queenie because I was, obs- it was su- that was amazing. Oh, good. Queenie was insane. It was like the perfect writing style for me. Um, like not, you know, when you read shit, chit lit, chick lit, like you know I don't want to I don't want to name but holiday reads where you just want an easy read and you when you're reading it you know exactly what's going to happen she's going to end up with this person it's going to go with I could I could predict what was going to happen and I and it wasn't that Queenie wasn't that at all and neither was pretending it was almost like Dolly Alderton style writing but it was fiction which I needed because I didn't want factual 
and oh my god I loved it I could not put it down I've screenshot I've taken pictures of all of the pages and sent them to various people um she basically can see inside every woman's mind in relation to dating so again my favorite topic um (laughs) talking about you know how you maybe um heighten certain parts of your personality and and, you know hide the other ones when you're first seeing someone and how when you slowly start to reveal those to your the the partner or the person that you're seeing you're a bit fearful sometimes about them thinking that you're not cool it's very much about like the cool girl idea um and vulnerability um there's some like harrowing scenes in there about rape and sexual violence but also written in a really like in a really um accessible way Oh my god, I loved it. I loved it. I think every Ooh, woman and every man should read every man should read that book because I think it Ooh. just gives a great insight into a woman's mind. How interesting. Noted. Can't wait so that for was it. my first one. So I just absolutely blabbed on about that. And then also in there was Queenie, but I know you've mentioned it before. It was fucking amazing. Is is Candy bringing out another book because I want to read it. Oh, um so. but yeah, so that one was pretending Hollyborn. And then I also read, boop, 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 look at my list. I read Promising Young Women by Caroline O'Donoghue. Um, she's bringing out another book or has one out already. I'm a bit behind with that one, but that was really good. Again, really nice style of writing. Had some dark bits in it about a sort of um, unequal boss um, employee relationship that was, you know, like sexual, etc. but really good. Um, I read Nora Ephron, I Feel Bad About My Neck. Oh, Rach yeah. had it, so I just had a little readeth. Um, yeah, funny little anecdotes. I liked her style of writing again, and I was just chuckling at each page, and it's just like you know some classic truths about women and how we act, and it was a snuffle, like a, you know, and you're like, <laughs> oh yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, she was about, I think she was in her sixties when she wrote it. Um, so a lot of it is about like reflecting on being younger, and it's like, oh, I wish. Uh, when I was 26 I'm worried about my body like if you're 26 put a bikini on and don't take it off until you're 32 um and yeah I I sent a copy to my nan because I thought she'd really enjoy it and she loved it and read it within like a day and she's now lent it to my mum so I think it's one of those where like all women can relate Mm. but yeah those are my those are my main ones what about you I read like McCarthy um Bernadine (laughs) Baristo's Girl Woman Other Oh yeah, we can talk about it now. I think I had the same reaction that you had to like Queenie. I honestly just think it's one of the best books I've ever, ever read. Mm. I loved it so much. I was reading it and I was like literally 10 pages in and I was like, I'm going to reread this many times. Yeah. yeah I just yeah. love that writing style. I know I've, I've since gone down a Bernadine Everisto um, hole and I've listened to loads of podcasts and interviews with her, etc. And um, she just talked about how she's got like a poetry background and that's why the form is quite experimental. And it's kind of like, oh, I lo- yeah. like Sally Rooney where you don't have the um, quotation marks and stuff, but you can tell who's speaking because you're so like in the rhythm of the words. Yes. And, like, and the characters. All, the characters, like 12 of them, um, like all so different, but also all the links. Like every time there was a link between a character, I was like, oh, show yeah. you know, so-and-so. And it just like, it was like, there was a plot but all the characters were so well-rounded there was humor there was like emotion there were emotional bits like it honestly just had everything for me Mm. I really thought it was a perfect book and so worthy of the prize and now it's up for the women's prize so we will see but um yeah good old Bernadine love her I thought it was great I'm gonna go back and read her back catalog 
I actually, I just had a flashback. I think when we did the drunk episode, I mentioned it and I called her Bernadine Evans. And then afterwards oh. I was like, that's wrong. But I was actually smashed in that. So don't be like yeah, the apologies. When she won the Booker Prize with Margaret Atwood, um, a BBC reporter the next day was like, Margaret Atwood and the other woman won. The, <gasps> um, yeah, and Bernadine took to Twitter and was furious and was just like, I'm so outraged. This is how black women have been erased throughout history, blah, blah, blah. And everyone was like, yeah, this is terrible. And then the BBC put an apology. But it was terrible. That's so bad. Also, her I mean, at least crazy. I got her first name right. I was just exactly. really drunk, so. What the hell? I know, yeah, that was... Uh, that was quite a night. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> How did that night end, Morgs? No, no, we didn't oh, go that. Did that night end? Oh, um, you were by 11. <laughs> uh, so another book I read, which took me some time, was Invisible Women. Um, yes, Data Bias. Um, you can definitely borrow. I bought it for a friend so that I could read it myself. Um, and it was good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just some of the highlights from it. Um, it's kind of things that you feel you already know, but it still has like the ability to shock you. Like women, um, like 47% more likely to die in a car crash because of male dummies. Mm-hmm. Um, heart attack symptoms are different. They haven't been fully explored. Um, stuff like toilets, like just if women had more access to toilets, like things would be so much better. Like the whole idea of women, men's toilets and women's toilets having equal floor space isn't true anyway, because men have urinals. So there's already more toilets in there. Plus women more likely to be disabled, more likely to be elderly, have kids, have periods, mm-hmm. more likely to get a, um, a UTI. Like there are, there are so many reasons why women need more toilet space than men. And mm. oh my god, there was and then like take that into the third world context and it was just like women having fewer toilets like means and, and there being social stigma that they can't pee outside, so it leads to like sexual violence and oh my god, it was literally oh just like mind blowing. And even like in London, you know the hopper fare that it's one pound fifty now. This was brought in quite recently by Sadiq, I think, where like if you get on two buses in the space of an hour, mm-hmm. um like it's it's one pound fifty rather than one pound fifty one pound fifty um yep. and how that really benefits women because women are the majority of bus riders mm. and they tend to do trips that are like uh like caregiving at strange hours or like they're going to the shop so they they run multiple errands in their trip it's not like a yeah. man going commuting to his nine to five they'll be like mm-hmm. i've got an errand to run but i'm also going to pick up the kids and i'm also going to get the shopping and i'm going to do this blah 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 so um it really benefits them god that's so interesting it was so interesting i really recommend um yeah it was great um another book i read um was the miseducation of cameron post quite late pray pray tell but um i think it was published like 2012 but um basically it's about a girl growing up in montana um who a girl she realized she likes girls but she's in quite a religious context and she is caught kissing a girl well yeah I, I won't give away fully what happens but then she's sent to a gay conversion oh camp. christ is it set in modern day uh yeah yeah oh i mm. think it no it's set early 90s early 90s okay yeah but modern um, times so yeah so i feel like this is a classic author trope where it's like just old enough that they don't have mobile phones and it doesn't ruin the plot you know what I mean? yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> so many authors just set stuff in the 90s for that reason because it does, it does kill the plot when they can just call each other. Where's the dramatic? <laughs> anyway, uh, so that was really good. And there's a film with Chloe Grace Moretz, which I will also be watching. But um, nice, yeah, it was good. Good, a few little reads using quarantine to broaden our minds. 
let me ask you the most important question that oh, everybody comes here, here for what's your favorite food oh what have i assumed um well everyone's using this time to cook and my house is no different we have got lots of cookbooks in stock and we have been cooking from Palestine. shout out palestinian <laughs> food and we need is that by any chance life. a penguin book <laughs> it <laughs> is actually <laughs> i mean that in a minute great great book you should all buy um it's um yeah we had like a palestinian feast where like my housemates made like this like amazing chicken dish but we did like homemade hummus which i would love mm. there for we had like this amazing aubergine dish and like olives on the side the pitters all of the condiments all the spices and oh, it was just dreamy it was so i saw pictures on instagram it looked lush thanks girl thank you what about <laughs> you what have you favorite food consumed mine would be i mean i can smell fajitas right now because for the first time in about a month rachel's we're doing them we are doing them i know yeah and when i knew we were doing the podcast it was on my mind um but so far i am loving our bottomless brunches we're doing them you know every other weekend every weekend or so um we're buying three bottles of prosecco and orange juice so that's (laughs) i was pissed yesterday um And we are having hash browns. Oh, delicious. Oh my God, I forgot how much hash browns make me happy. Um, So hash browns, a nice sourdough seed of bread with um, some guac on it, some like, yeah, avocado-y mush deliciousness on it. Um, Scrambled egg, spaghetti hoops I've refound and I'm obsessed with. I I love spaghetti hoops. Um, What else are we having? Maybe some mushrooms. It depends what week it is, but halloumi we had with it yesterday. Oh my God, it was amazing. I mean, the alcohol is probably the most glorious part as well as the... Because brunch just... It's like a barbecue. Brunch means good vibes. So it's just the the sunny good vibe. Um, And obviously it's way cheaper than it would be if we were out. So that's a positive for quarantine, I guess. Yeah, that. that's mine. That's mine. Lush. Lush. I feel like, yeah, I'm eating so well, but so like much. A queen. Yeah, eating like a queen. Like, currently, like, this conversation is actually making me really hungry, but my housemates are actually. We've got curry night tonight. Homemade Delish. curries. I'm very excited. I should probably be helping more than I am, but I think I will be doing the washing up today. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got the text, Elle, it's ready when you are. Welcome. Oh, it sounds like it's time to close out. I is think that a good time to go? <laughs> for us. But um, hopefully you've all enjoyed this episode. Hopefully you can hear this episode without any technical difficulties. Christ, we'll find um, out. Please, yeah, let us know how your time in quarantine is going. If you're consuming anything, if you want to hear any topics any particular topics that me and Elle could do an episode of we take all suggestions yeah please send us suggestions and let oh. us know what you thought of our virtual and also it's been a while so we might be we might have lost it you know we might let us know maybe um, but please, rate um, review and re- subscribe rate review and subscribe you can find us on all places where good podcasts are including apple Podcasts and spotify amazing oh. you sound like a terms and conditions lady i love Thank it you. That's my ultimate dream job. Right, until next time, we won't leave it so long. That's my knock. Bye. Oh, food's ready. Bye. <laughs>